Today on CityCast Boise, the city's geothermal system is the first and largest in the country, heating dozens of buildings. But some recent leaks point to some much-needed updates. City of Boise geothermal expert Tina Riley is here to explain the latest on this very cool resource. Plus, she shares a hot tip on a new downtown development. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is what Boise's talking about. Tina, it is so good to have you on CityCast Boise. I am, I was an English major, uh, just saying that out right out the gate, but I <laughs> am a nerd for science in general, and especially when it's something as incredible as helping to heat our city. So thanks for, for coming on. I am so excited to be here today. I also, um, I love this topic. And so I'm, I'm, yeah, really grateful that you guys reached out and want to talk about it and and hear more about the awesome system that's very unique to Boise. Before we get into how incredible this system is, uh, we should talk a little bit about, um, there have been some recent issues with uh, some elements of the geothermal system, as I understand it. Recently, a downtown business basement was flooded because of a pipe burst in the system. Some buildings were left without heat to, of course, this is happening in the winter. And then a different leak in December caused sinkholes in the sidewalk and some minor flooding. Is everything fixed now? What's going on? Yeah, look, we um, we also, when we when we have things like this, and I know there's been two leaks in the past seven months, it, it's also concerning for us too, right? And so in both instances, we responded immediately. We got the leak isolated very quickly. We got our crews out there. We got them fixed. And so, yes, we when something like this happens, it is such a priority for us. Um, we we really do care about the reliability of the system and, and we're on it immediately. And we have a lot of very proactive plans really getting ahead of this. That's great. Do you expect the pipes to keep failing at this point? Do you think there'll be other leaks that pop up now that these have started happening? So, you know, our reliability um, during our heating season is actually on par with Idaho Power. One big difference is that it, when we have a leak, um, it, it tends to be quite dramatic. Um, it, it creates steam if it makes it to the surface. And if it's nighttime, the way that the lights kind of look through that, it, it does tend to get a lot of attention. Very apocalyptic or spooky. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Essentially, this system was constructed back in the 1980s. And the system's a very, um, a very simple design. We have four production wells um, that are essentially over in the foothills and they bring water up from um, from this aquifer that that is heated that's um, really based on the geology and quite unique t- to Boise they funnel it down um, through the piping system um, of of downtown we have this network that enables us to heat the buildings and then we inject that water down at Julia Davis Park about half of it, is the original material that was used. That material is nearing its end of life. Okay, so these pipes, though, they're made of asbestos cement pipes or they're being switched out? Uh, Where does that stand? Yeah, so they are, um, some of them are, are original asbestos cement pipes or fiberglass pipes. This material is a more brittle material 
and the nature of it, 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 it is individual pipes um, that are held together by metal fittings, which are more prone to corrosion. Okay. And so what we are actually replacing it with, and, and we have been able to, you know, about half of our system now has been upgraded and we have a really proactive program to continue um, the replacement. We're replacing it with a product that is state-of-the-art, high-density polyethylene, um, HDPE for short. Um, this material um, is very durable. Um, it has a lifespan of 70 to 100 years. It's actually also used by, by the gas companies now as well. And what's actually really important about this is the design of it's very different. So the pipe lengths are fused together. So we don't need metal fittings that hold the pipe lengths together, which has been kind of our weak link. That that was the, the cause essentially of, of the two leaks that occurred um, in, in the last seven months. I see. We are excited that I think this is this is going to really have a difference for our geothermal system. Okay. Yeah. So how, what's the timeline for when all the pipes and the fittings that won't be metal anymore will be replaced? Is there a, a timeline for that? So each summer is our kind of our downtime, right? That That's where buildings aren't requiring the heat. So it's our, our off season. And so we work in conjunction with the highway district from the county with CCDC, which is the Capital City Development Corporation. And they're doing a lot of the um, replacement, upgrading roads, other things downtown. And so when they have the road open to minimize the cost and also to minimize the impacts to the public downtown, we use those time periods um, to replace the system. And so we have done been doing about 1,500 uh, linear feet um, the last couple of years. This year, we've got another project that will be down 10th Street, um, replacing another 1,500 linear feet of each our supply and our collection line. We have been able to replace um, a fair chunk of the more critical lines, and we've, we've got a few few more of those to go. But bottom line, we are on it. Okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think about uh, you know all the grumbling that happens in the summer with the construction in downtown in this past year, and I was definitely somebody who grumbled a little bit. But now I know that uh, if I see that, it may be that there's some great renewable resource that I really like and think is cool is, uh, is being repaired or being upgraded. So that's good to know. So Tina, we don't want to focus on just on the recent problems. Thanks for addressing that, what's going on with the system right now. Just stepping back, uh, I just feel like we are so lucky. We are, this is, and it's kind of something that I think a lot of people um, in the Treasure Valley, maybe you've thought about it in the past and just like, it's just part of your everyday ex existence if you work in downtown in one of these buildings that, that uses geothermal heat. But I think a lot of people don't recognize how unique this is. Cities around the country are jealous of this renewable yes. resource. So oh, yeah. what's what's so special about Boise's geography? Give us a very quick, I don't know, third grade, fifth grade level science <laughs> lesson on what allows us to tap into this geothermal energy. Oh, great question, Frankie. And and I um I, I love this topic. So, you know, the way I like to describe it is that the geothermals is a natural resource, right? And when you kind of just step back for a minute, a lot of places have different natural resources that are set up as a result of the geological setting that is beneath their feet. But the big difference between each of those natural resources and what we have here in Boise is that this is completely sustainable. We've got this source of heat that's a natural resource 
that like unlike the others that if you mine it you deplete it and it goes away right this is something that's going to be around for many generations to come and i think that 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 is just um, such a unique and special thing that we that we have here in Boise. And, and really the geological setup at really the 30,000 foot level is we have this large granite, we call it the Idaho batholith. I love that word and it is so hard to say, the Idaho batholith. You did a great job. <laughs> it actually covers about just under 10,000 square miles across Idaho and Montana. So it's a huge huge granite body that is a source of heat that in the Boise downtown area, that heat essentially comes up through the uh, a large kind of faulting fracture network that is along the foothills. And so it comes up that and it and it heats our geothermal aquifer. Mm. The geothermal aquifer is, a, is deeper than most of the aquifers that get used by Veolia, et cetera, for water or, you know, wells um, that different residents may have, you know, around town. It's in the downtown area. It's around about 3,000 feet um, beneath the surface. We're able to produce the water at about 170 to 177 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so we call this low temperature geothermal, um, and we're able to take about 50 degrees of heat off of it. And then we put that water right back into the same aquifer that it came from. And so wow. yeah. that closed loop system where we borrow the water for its heat, we heat um, many buildings downtown. Um, we're just a little shy of 100 buildings downtown that we currently heat. And then we we put it right back in where we got it from. So uh, a wonderful, sustainable, clean, affordable, local um, source of heat that I think is just such a great source of pride um, for Boise. I just want to draw a connection um, between this and... Idaho's hot springs. Uh, we know that uh, Idaho is known for its hot springs. We have the most hot springs of any state in the country. And uh, this is connected to the reason why Boise can also heat a lot of its buildings yes. with geothermal energy. It's the same, same, the same Idaho batholith that is uh, the root of this. So can you tell me, does the city charge for geothermal heating, like for any of the downtown businesses that utilize this or the homes that heat off of it? How does that work? Yeah, so, um, so and just to be clear, so there's four different districts downtown. So the Warm Springs district is predominantly residential. Um, we have the um, state of Idaho. They heat their own buildings. The VA hospital, the feds, have their own system as well. And so what I'm talking about is just specific to the Boise system, okay. which is dominantly, we do have a little bit of residential, but it's dom dominantly um, more commercial buildings. It includes BSU and Jump, um, the Ada County um courthouse, most of the city buildings. And yes, we do we do charge. We charge for the volume of water that gets used. It ends up being actually quite an affordable system. Um, obviously the alternative is is typically natural gas. Um, but but we um, we pump the water um, up out of these wells and into this piping system. The water doesn't actually flow through the buildings, just to be clear. So the water will go about five feet into a building and then it's their heat exchanger or their heat pump that will take the heat off of it. And from there, it goes through whatever their system is 
um, within that building. I see. Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense in my, again, my brain that is not super scientifically minded, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolutely. So just to lay out, you mentioned a few, can you call out some like kind of landmarks that people walk into every day and maybe don't realize like the YMCA pool, is it heated off this system, I understand? Yep, so the YMCA pool, um, if you go to the downtown library, um, it is heated. If you were to come into City Hall, um, it is heated. Um, if you go into the Chase Building, um, it is heated. The Owyhee Plaza. You mentioned that the system that runs off Warm Springs, which, duh, Warm Springs, that's the clue. <laughs> um, that we're talking about geothermal energy. It's so funny. It's like you drive by that street. You're like, why is it called Warm Springs? That's why. So that system is separate from the one that uh, you're talking about, that the city manages this loop of water that goes in and out. It is a separate system, although we actually work really closely um, with the other systems downtown. Um, we, if, if Warm Springs needs water, so we actually help supply water um, when when they um, were doing a large construction um, project this summer. So we, we are able to kind of... Um, work across the different systems um, in terms of how they're connected together. I do have to say, you know, a plug to Warm Springs here. So C.W. Moore, Christopher Moore, um, back in the 1890s, he was the first one who had this idea of taking geothermal water to heat a building. Hmm. So way, way, way uh, um, ahead of our time. Yeah, I know, what foresight. So that was the very first application, definitely in the United States, and I think it may even be in the world. Wow. So Iceland, who is, uh, you know, a a very large portion of um, Iceland, is heated by geothermal. I know in one um, one of their exhibits they point to um, Boise, and it's the, to the Warm Springs district as the first application in the world. So how, I mean, how cool is that? Right? Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah, C.W. Moore, one of kind of the, the founding, founders kind of of Boise. Uh, people might recognize C.W. Moore Park, which is on the corner of uh, Fifth and Grove. So, oh, I love, I love a little history mixed in with science. This is great. Yeah, yeah. So just to be clear, so how does the city use the hot water after it's pumped out of the ground? Is it is it exclusively for heating or are there other uses? Like could geothermal go back to provide energy to the electricity grid? Is there some other second use for this power? Yeah, great question. So we use the power currently for, um, use the heat currently for a um, number of different uses, the main one being to heat buildings. It can also be used um, to heat the domestic water. So we're just, it, it, it's not used as the domestic water in a building, um, but it, it can be the, the source of heat, almost like the hot water heater type, type kind of deal for, um, for water that, that's used domestically. Um, it can also be used for snow melt. So we actually do have some buildings that um, utilize it for snow melt, snow melt in the downtown area. And then one that we don't use it for, but we have others um, in in the valley who do, are um, greenhouses. So it is also a very efficient um, source of heat for greenhouses. So, you know, Edwards Greenhouse, for example, they were established. I think they're the first greenhouse, I want to say, in Idaho, but don't quote me on that. It could be um it could be Boise, um, but it, they they were back in the 1920s that that they tapped into this and have I think believe four generations of 
greenhouse business owners. Wow. But there's no way like to then take that heat and in some way, I don't know, capture it or, or, or make it beyond just heat and put it back into the, the grid for other sources of power as of yet. So the temperature cutoff that enables that is around 212 degrees Fahrenheit, and we are at 177. So we are shy of the amount that we that becomes high temperature geothermal that enables electricity generation from this. Now, having said that, we have we've had conversations with BSU actually around are there any are there any projects we could do to some various ideas of pushing that envelope with um, different types of fluids that could be heated by this to see if, if there is a way to um, generate electricity. So at this point, no, but um, I I think watch that space. You know, we'll, we'll see how technology develops to see if that's something that um, we're able to explore in the future. So the city, as you know, has a big goal, a big goal of being carbon neutral by 2050. The geothermal heating system is is very green, very sustainable, as you mentioned. But currently, it only accounts for, you know, a pretty small percentage of the city's energy resources. Are there plans or ways to expand the system beyond where it is now? Yeah. So, you know, g- great point about our um, our carbon neutral goals for to have the greatest city of Boise area um, carbon neutral by 2050. And we have a really great climate action roadmap um, that is available to the public that steps through all the different ways we can help meet that goal. Geothermal um, features in there as, as one of one of the ways um, that is focused, obviously, on downtown. I, you know, as a geologist, I would love to see this resource. It, it's got significant thermal capacity. I would love to see it developed um, further. I, obviously, that takes coordination with a, a number of different groups to grow that system, you know, significantly larger. Um, having said that, um, we actually have some super cool news, and this hasn't made it to any media outlets um, yet. So you guys get the scoop on this. Ooh. Yes. Okay. What is it? I can't wait. So w- we are actually expanding the system and it will we'll start work in a, a month or so. And it is going to be down 8th Street between Franklin and State. And so what we had is the there is a developer, it's this, um, the Swanby Investment Group. They're doing a development. It'll be a six-story mixed-use development. And they have invested in, in geothermal. So oh, wow. they, they've invested in getting um, the lines down there. And I think also um, a shout out to CCDC, um, the Capital City Development Corp. Um, they, they are doing a project there where they'll be opening up the street to do an improvement on that section. And so they're helping us out with the construction side of it. Um, the, this group is investing to have geothermal down there. And so this is an expansion to our system. And so others then that are along that stretch will have the ability to connect into geothermal if they if they want to and I think I think what's really exciting for me as development coordinator of geothermal um, and and looking at the ways that we can expand this is we are seeing such an increase in demand um, for this system and I think I think folks see it as a competitive advantage being being a local resource, you know, essentially emission-free that I think folks are, are really valuing, right, in Boise and really seeing the benefit of um, for our local community. Wow. So uh, just to go back to this news, 
it'll be apartments and some probably ground floor retails. And yes. Space. Okay. Yes. Exciting. Yes. Yeah. That's still very much in the downtown core. So I guess I wonder, I mean, yes, it's an expansion of the system. I understand that. But like, is it feasible? And what would it take, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they say, gosh, I would love my house to be connected to this uh, sustainable source of heat and power, but I live I live on the bench or something like that. Is it even feasible someday, like imagining the future? Could you see a future where the, the power is reaching or the heat is reaching other stretches of the city beyond just this main section of downtown for the most part? So first of all, this system really runs along the foothills area. So, you know, as you talk about going west, etc., there is the potential, you know, kind of stepping right back for additional exploration of geothermal or tapping into um, this aquifer, additional aquifers. Um, as you get over to the bench, I think that is more of a stretch. But geothermal, as we have it in, in, in Boise, um, is probably a little bit more constrained to being more local or close to the foothills. Then it's just making sure that we, we develop this in a way that we're developing it to its maximum capacity, right? And obviously, as part of that, there's a lot of coordination with a lot of different groups to to make you know any expansion efforts um, happen. Okay, Tina, I've mostly avoided uh, really bad puns uh, through this conversation. I'm proud of myself, but I do have to ask: Do you have any more hot takes on geothermal that Boiseans should know about? Well, it's the heat beneath our feet. <laughs> that's that's our, our you know main yep. pun ourselves re- referring to it. I mean, I think I, I would leave this by saying. Boise is already special. We all know that, right? But I think it's something that helps make Boise really cool. We have, you know, the largest system in the U.S. We have the first system in the U.S. We have the only Capitol building in the U.S. um, heated by geothermal. And I think think all those things are something that we can all be proud of in Boise. Thank you, Tina, so much for this science rundown, for sharing this information. I really found every element of this fascinating. So thanks so much. Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you like learning about your favorite city with us, be sure to check out our website, boise.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories. See you then.